Well, hello, my friends. How are you? It's a Sunday evening, 9 p.m. I feel like it's a great time for a debrief. And what better thing to chat about on self-care Sunday than something casual like business friendships and finding friends in the online space. No strategy today, no trainings, no note-taking. Those kinds of episodes are coming back soon. I know y'all love them because those listen numbers soar through the roof. However, um, I don't want it to only be about tangible tips. Like We'll talk about that a little bit in today's episode, but I also wanted to talk about something in a more casual setting because I think that's what I understand people need. Um, Last week, I have been, I did some polls on my Instagram story and I asked people about what they wanted ultimately out of their business, what they felt they needed the most right now, what kind of resources or something were they looking for, um, what their idea of success looked like, why they followed me, what they were interested in, etc., etc. And the biggest um, shock of an answer that I had was to the question, what do you need most right now in your business? I did a poll that had like, it was like a quiz style. So it had like four like answer choices, A, B, C, D. And I did, you know, number one, like education, meaning like content and workshops, B, resources like templates and tools, C, one-on-one mentoring, and then D, I need another answer choice. So I just put friends with like a heart and like the like puppy dog eyes and unbeknownst to me you know even if it was even if people picked up on not my joke because I wasn't like I was also kind of serious about it but you know it was kind of a like oh I need friends because like we've all been there and felt that um even if everybody else who answered was saying it in like a joking way there's always a half truth to a joke and by far the most answers were for friends like there were 61 people who voted on that poll in particular and 31 people voted for friends 31 people out of 61 so that's over 50 percent of people who were polled in my audience said that right now what they're needing and craving the most in their business is friends. They don't need more tangible shit. They don't need more, you know, bundles on Black Friday. They just need connection. And I feel that and I feel you. And if you're listening to this, you're probably one of those people who can relate because I know, especially me, when I'm feeling like lonely or I'm feeling like I need to talk to someone or I just need to um, silence my own thoughts. I put on a podcast and I listen to other people's podcasts when I don't feel like thinking and I just want to hear someone else's thoughts. Um, and sometimes that's what we go to friends for, right? Like we, we love to talk to our friends and help them with their problems because we sometimes want an escape from our own or we want to be there for them. We don't want to just take and take and take. We want to give as well, right? And I think especially with... Um, like podcasts and the online space, it's hard to, when you think about that quote that they say, like, you're the five people you surround yourself with the most, like, 
you might not have people in your life. You might not have friends in your life right now or family members, the people who you do surround yourself with every day who understand what you do or what you're trying to build or see your vision or take it seriously. And when I was in the very beginning start stages of my business, I made sure to make those five people, quote unquote people, um, be really intentional voices in my head, um, meaning they were usually podcasts and mentors that I sought out who, you know, obviously didn't even know I existed, but I would go on to their podcast and listen to them because I wanted to get um, on that train of thought. I wanted to be around and surround myself with people who agree with my line of thinking, who I can learn from, who have similar ideals or see the vision or don't make me feel crazy and don't make me feel alone. And so if you're listening to this episode right now, I can imagine that you're maybe one of those types of people who want to surround yourself more with people who understand what you're doing. And maybe that's why you put on a, a podcast about business and life and entrepreneurship or whatever vision you're trying to create. And maybe you're also the type of person who feels isolated because people in your family or friends might not see what you're doing, right? I talked a few episodes ago about how even with as much success that I've had, like how I have earned now over four times the amount of my yearly salary when I worked at a law firm, um, like I've quadrupled my income, I still have family members suggesting to me different businesses that I should apply for for a job or different companies or different areas of law that maybe I could give a shot, right? As if I'm desperate for some kind of direction or like employment or stability or security, right? Like they don't understand that my thing that I'm building and that I've built, like it's it's been built, right? It's been built. <laughs> it's been built for a while now. That provides me more stability and security than anything else in my life. It is the constant in my life, right? People have come and go- gone throughout my life and my business has still been there. It's the thing that when I wake up every day is the reality for me. I've changed locations. I've changed people I've surrounded myself with and my business has been there for me in a way it's been my rock. And in a way when I was really lonely and I didn't have those quote unquote friends around me, I would, like I said, put on podcasts and then drown myself in work. I would double down on content creation. I would create those products. I would sacrifice my social life so that I could spend time you know, creating and outlining those passive income products that I still sell to this day. So I was really looking at my business as my baby, as my stability, right? But at the same time, you know, that gets lonely. And I have friends who are in that season of business now, and I understand it. I was in that season of business like a year for like a year and a half, like about a year and a half ago now. Um, but I think that again, it's just a season and at the end of the day, we are all looking for connection, friendship, people to appreciate us, understand us and support us and that we can also give as an outlet. We can give some of our energy to them because we, when we're feeling positive, we're going to be so connected to our purpose and have all this energy and have all this overflow of love and attention and 
and abundance and everything that it's it's going to feel almost overwhelming like you want to give it to someone right you want to share your success with people and sometimes day to day you might not feel like you have those people around right so a couple things number one you're not alone because over 50% of people have voted that they also feel that way. Number two, I'm glad that you're listening to this podcast. I'm hoping that maybe I could be someone that you're surrounding yourself with. If you do ever feel alone, like, you know, whatever, DM me, obviously put on my podcast, do whatever, watch me embarrass myself on my Instagram reels. Right. Um, but also don't just let that be, um, sufficient like it's it's not sufficient like surrounding yourself just with one-sided conversations like podcasts etc is not sufficient to fill that void it's great it's necessary at times right especially when you are trying to navigate your business you're trying to build that business you're in that season of life where you are kind of like shutting other people out so that you could double down on your business etc you're going to maybe not have the capacity to talk or give or whatever and you want to listen and receive and that's where podcasts are great but you still will get to a point where you need actual tangible human connection even if it is just online and that's what I wanted to talk about today because I come from the perspective not only of having navigated this crazy world of online business and like it feels almost like a cesspool of people that use Instagram to market their business right like it almost feels like you can get wrapped up in that bubble. Oh, everybody knows each other. But what one of my friends says, Ashley, she always like asks her students when they join her program, like, who's your favorite content creators? And she says, Nina, I've like never heard of any of these people. So it puts in perspective. The reason why she brings that up to me is it puts in perspective that it is a big industry. So don't feel like, you know, um, it's such a small pond or something like you there are always more people to meet more friends to make right but the other reason why I bring that up is because um it's important that you use that connection with people like oh we both use Instagram to market our business whatever to find people to connect with so the other thing I wanted to talk about today is how giving you tangible tips on how to look at networking as a vehicle to make friends and this comes from my perspective not only as the online business owner like I mentioned but also from my perspective as someone who um, had to network for my full-time career as a lobbyist right I would literally be paid to go and make connections seek out connections research things to connect dots go to events bring people out go to other cities to meet people, um, be in the same room as people and hopefully get to have a conversation with them about something where we would have common ground so that we could develop a long-term relationship with these people if we did ever need anything. So it wouldn't be such a big ask, right? And so that was my job for a little bit when I was in the city. And even before then, um, just as a lawyer in New York, like I had to be a self-sufficient networker even to get myself to the point of getting that job as a lobbyist which was being a professional networker right so for like 10 years now my goal has been networking um it's been my primary focus it's always been a priority 
and it's always been something that I've just like learned as my former boss says it's more of a stream of consciousness and less of an act so networking is a stream of consciousness it's a way of thinking it's a way of life it's not something that you just go do when you put on a suit or you go into a room or a group course or an event it's something that is a way of looking at the world and a different perspective that you take and it really does take practice and take learned skills and some inherent skills i'm not gonna lie and say that everybody can be an excellent rainmaker or networker because there's a reason why we all have different strengths but if you are someone who is more introverted or doesn't understand how to be a quote-unquote rainmaker or connector or fixer or anything, you know, any of those like typical words, then maybe you can just connect yourself with one person who is that way and that's the power of networking. They'll bring opportunities to you because that's their job, right? So let me explain and put this in context. So let's say well let me first explain what like a rainmaker is because that's one form of networking that you'll probably need the most even more than friggin friends well i mean like we all, all need friends obviously but like in order to get paid you need to be a quote-unquote generator or a quote-unquote rainmaker and be able to bring in clients and if you cannot be that person then you need to associate with someone who can have those skills to constantly bring in clients so that you can have consistent income and even have a business. Otherwise, you're better off just going to get employed somewhere by someone else who could do those things and you can just collect a steady paycheck, right? There's a reason they say entrepreneurship is not for everybody. That doesn't mean if you're introverted and it doesn't mean that if you struggle with bringing clients that you have to give up and you can't run a business. It just means that you... If you don't want to go work for someone else, you need to connect yourself with just one person who is that person who could help you bring in clients, who could be a generator. So in law firms in New York, at least, we call this person a rainmaker. We call them a generator. And they're the attorney that works for the firm. They're usually a partner. So that means that they're um, one of the owners and they're the highest paid people in the business and um you know they have an ownership stake and the way and sometimes they're called the managing attorney meaning like they don't do the actual work of the law firm like sometimes they do that but their main job is to manage the company and also to bring in business maybe it's not the managing attorney maybe it's not like the main owner guy whatever gal whoever but maybe it's also you maybe it's the 22 year old intern or the associate who's like 27 who just basically graduated law school who just has more interpersonal skills and like looks at the world through this kind of lens that we're going to get to and talk about who is making connections and bringing in people i the reason why i'm bringing this up again is because when i worked at a law firm the very first like real law firm i worked at they told me that you know, you're getting paid this shitty salary until you prove yourself. You want to prove yourself, you have to be a rainmaker. You will make money if you bring people in. And you will get promoted if you can show us that you bring people in. 
They didn't tell me I would get promoted if I like won X amount of cases or if I like did really good research or if I like showed up on time and blah, blah, blah. No, they told me you will get paid more and you will get promoted on a fast track to become partner if you can be a rainmaker, if you can be a generator, if you could generate business for us, you will directly get paid. That's the way the world works in that world. Like you have more of a chance of earning more income if you can make connections and bring in more income and generate that income, right? So if I bring in a client who is going to pay $20,000 to the law firm and I'm getting paid like, you know, 5% of that even, that is a way for me to get paid more than if I busted my ass for six months like I did and only put my nose down in the books and didn't go out to networking events and didn't try to meet people and cut everybody off in my life because I was so busy on working, like, Guess where that would have gotten me? Nowhere. It would not have gotten me any more money. It would have made me just like slip under the rocks and be ignored by the firm. They paid more attention to the people who were finding people to bring in business. That's how their business like perpetuates itself, right? So that was my first lesson in being a generator, being a rainmaker. And I did during that time, I didn't bring in a paid client, but I did bring in a potential client. So we would call them PNCs, potential new clients and a big part of our business. And one of the things that we would prioritize the most are meetings with PNCs. We would go out to lunch to meet them. We would bring them into the office. We would have presentations and proposals and contracts ready for them to sign. We had our shit together so that we would make the sales process even more simplified and easy and quick and etc. I brought in someone who I knew was having an issue with like I worked in like condo and co-op law at first when I first started and they were like having an issue with like their condo board or whatever. So there was like a meeting that I set up to try and become a rainmaker quote unquote like I tried to generate business for the firm and that got me more respect even though that person didn't end up paying just the fact that i put that fucking connection together and like set up the meeting and like said oh you know what you're telling me about this story you have maybe my law firm could help you right like just that like way of thinking that stream of consciousness to someone who you know i told what i did at my law firm and he knew like he knew someone who was having a problem with their condo so he was also a networker and he told that person to contact me and I went out to dinner with them and then I said hey come into my firm like it took like three different meetings for something to never happen but that got me more respect and treated more respect as a 26 year old female in a male dominated law firm that got me more respect than all of the Saturdays that I came into the office than all of the nights that I stayed until 11 p.m working on shit like that shit got me nowhere that shit got me stressed out that shit got me even yelled at sometimes because I would burn myself out and I would make mistakes on things and I remember one time I went into work on a Saturday and I like was working all day and I wanted to leave to go to this concert it was like an outdoor brooklyn concert and i would like have to leave by like 3 p.m and it was like already noon and i had been there since 8 a.m and i was like you know only there with the partners and i said like they were like oh you did the math wrong on this or whatever made a mistake and i was like okay well like you know i have to go or whatever and they're like no you can't leave until it's done right and i was like well 
but like I'm here on a Saturday and they said to me like you don't get a free pass for being here on a Saturday like you have to do your job right (laughs) like what and they like kind of laughed at me and I was like oh my god and I wanted to go run and cry but I was like that's gonna make me miss my concert for sure so that was a lesson and what it also showed me was that like you can put in all the extra hours you want you can skip your social events you can sacrifice your sleep it's it's not going to make a difference what's going to make a difference is showing that you give a fuck and the way that you show that you give a fuck is when your stream of consciousness is that you actually care about the business about the livelihood of the company and the more money you bring into the business the more money goes into everyone's pockets right because in order to get paid you need to bring in but money just doesn't come from nowhere right like money comes from sales money comes from proper management of the income that you bring in from the sales right it comes from reinvesting, reinvesting in your employees, investing in taking clients out or potential clients out to dinner so that you can have a conversation with them and hopefully get them to bring in business, right? So that was my first big lesson. And I was 26 years old when I learned that. Um, and that actually made me, it really impacted me for a long time, um, even to this day. I mean, I, I am talking about it right now. So then, you know, talking and and we'll bring it back to friends, but I want to first talk about like networking because people think networking is like being in a stale, stiffy suit. No, the person who I said like I brought in as a potential client, like I, I, again, I don't even know if it's really going to be fully appreciated or understood, but when you graduate law school, like the earliest you'd graduate law school in the U.S. is, you know, unless you graduated college early or something, like you graduate college at 22 years old, then you go to law school for three years and you sit for the bar exam and it takes like six months between like studying for the bar and then like three months of waiting for the bar exam results. So that's like another six months after graduation. And that's the earliest you'll become a lawyer. So you'll be like 25, right? So I'm 26, like not even a full year, <laughs> being a lawyer and already like just trying to like get shit done for the firm that doesn't involve just the paperwork like trying to be a business oriented like stream of conscious like focused person right like having some kind of sense of ambition not just like oh i'm here to collect my check and then cry because we live in a patriarchy and blah 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 like okay yeah whatever but like also like don't hate the player hate the game and like play the fucking game and like do what you got to do to 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 get yours right and to make a difference that you could be in a position of power so that you can change shit you're not going to change shit by crying at your desk because trust me i spent so many hours crying at my fucking desk and all got me was like i don't know stress issues gut issues that followed lack of sleep unhappy social life like being single and miserable like that's what crying at my desk got me (laughs) like but going out and thinking hmm how can I make this better how can I make the best of this situation how can I prove myself how can I how can I what can I do so that I can have the best opportunity here like how can I get more respect here how can I uh, get more money here? How can I 
if I get more respect, then I'll get more uh, leniency. They won't have such a strict eye on me. And then maybe I'll be able to go take hour and a half lunch breaks like I started doing. Or maybe I won't have to come in on a Saturday. Or like maybe they'll let me leave at 5 p.m. instead of 7 p.m. Hey, hey, maybe they'll even let me take off of work to go to the fucking dentist one day if I need to. If I can show them that I'm like, you know, trying and not just crying at my desk. So that's, you know, a little motivation, which might be controversial for some, but I think that's just like, I don't know, it's gotten me this far. It's just thinking, how can I make the best of this opportunity? And that is the similar stream of consciousness that you need to think of when you're out meeting other people. So the, the person that I brought in, I'm best friends with my best friend from high school, this guy Craig. And he is one of the most like fierce, fabulous salesmen I've ever met. He's been like top salesman at Saks when he worked at Saks. Like he's worked his way up from like fucking Friendly's Diner being like a top employee at like Friendly's, <laughs> like selling fucking ice cream to then like Dave and Buster's, like hustling at Dave and Buster's. Then he got a job at Sephora, hustled. Then he got a job at uh, Bloomingdale's in Saks and Saks and working for Creed selling so much that like the vice president of Creed would like come in and like to meet him right and like Tom Ford right like he he just and Prada like he was just like such a fucking beast like constantly working himself up 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 so he would meet people he was savvy mindsetted and you know no college education nothing like that he's just very savvy and he has that similar je ne sais quoi that like untouchable attribute that makes him a good networker that makes him a people pleaser it makes him a salesman right so he um would always talk to people and he part of knowing how to sell is knowing who people were and talking to them and learning what's going on in their life and one of his customers was talking to him about how he was in a like 20 million dollar lawsuit or some shit against his boss, right? And Craig was like, oh, that's like so interesting, but like, you know what? My friend Nina's a lawyer. Like, you know, you should contact her, right? So here he is, he has a connection with person A. Person A mentions that they have some kind of legal trouble. Craig puts two and two together. Oh, talk to my friend Nina. Maybe she'll know someone, right? Talk to that person. I find out they live in a condo. And I'm like, oh, blah, 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 right? It just like one thing led to another, led to another. So all it really took was a series of friendships and a series of naturally unfolding conversations. And at zero point did it involve walking into a special networking event. At no point did it involve paying a fuck ton of money to like go put on a suit and go to a conference no it just took your friends right and so that's the power of having friends in business flash forward a year later or six months later i think i was at that fucking horrible condo firm which by the way the building number was 666 and it was like just like a horrible job i mean they my hours were nine to seven and like I couldn't leave at five like that would be as if you know when you're working a nine to five if you asked to leave at three like you'd have to like ask permission so anyway um 
Flash forward six months later, my best friend from law school, she had been working at this lobbying firm and she loved her job. And I had a feeling that I would love working in lobbying too because you get to draft legislation. I loved administrative law, so I loved the inner workings of how the government works. I loved learning about the way like regulations were made and how policies were made and how to like navigate different you know, departments and the bureaucracies or whatever for people because at the end of the day, that's the stuff that makes or breaks more people as businesses and makes or breaks more people's quality of life, like regulations and bureaucracies and things like that than like, you know, lawsuits and whatever else I was doing. So I found it super interesting. I loved administrative law. I worked for the county government, the federal government and the state government all throughout law school as internships. So I already had some kind of um, inner understanding of the way government worked and she had known that right she had known that i was always a very like policy oriented person and flash forward to um someone like unexpectedly left their lobbying firm actually like two people did and all of a sudden they had an opening and they needed to fill it asap because it was getting ready to be the busy season and they had a lot of clients because it was a great firm so they needed someone to come in and interview like same day and she knew I was interviewing for other jobs I was interviewing to be an attorney for New York City New York City and like the mayor they have their own law department called the New York City Law Department and basically you represent the city so if anyone's suing the city or whatever you're the lawyers for the city so I had been going through interviews for with them for like three months already and I was like already I was on my way home from like my third or fourth friggin' interview with them and it was like about to become uh I was about to like start to work for their mass torts bureau which mass torts is like oh if like a crane collapse like at that time like a lot of like cranes were falling off buildings and shit from wind and just like poor construction regulations so i would like my job would be okay let's say a crane fell off a skyscraper and killed a bunch of people and damaged a bunch of parked cars underneath and buildings which like happened actually a bunch um i would represent the city in that mass tort or let's say a train crashed and all the people are like suing the city because the train crashed or whatever like i would be representing the city in those cases i was about to start working for the mass torts department which i'm so glad i didn't do that that sounds just so stressful and tragic but anyway um i was leaving that interview and my friend knew that because i was talking to her i was open to her about what I wanted, right? I wanted to leave. So she hears, you know, okay, this firm, and she'd only been working there a year, but she had pull um, because she knew people that were looking for jobs. So she asked her boss to, she asked me to come in for an interview. She knew I was already dressed for an interview that day. And I said, fuck it. Like, you know, I'm already out on a quote unquote dentist appointment for my interview. So I might as well go to this second interview today. And I went in and it was like within 
like 30 minutes they called me and they're like we're giving you the job this is what it is you need to start next week whatever so I ended up getting that job and working at that lobbying firm and that job interview came from directly just again natural organic friendships all of my networking and like going to all of these different special events in the city and taking a train into the city and putting on my best suit and trying to meet the right people and orchestrate and like collect business cards and blah 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 all of that work I did was to get me to the thing like the the point where I was interviewing for the New York City Law Department right like I didn't get that job just because I submitted an application. I get that I got that job because I applied for every fucking job listing on their website and kept showing up to all of their events. And if I saw the name of the person who was like the head of a department speaking at something in the city, I would go and I would ask for their business card and I would call them and I would say, Hey, have you heard anything about my application? And it, that lasted for like a year. Okay. The interview process lasted for like three months, but like I had been trying to apply for the New York City Law Department for like since I graduated law school. And this was like already a year and a half after I graduated law school. So like all of like the networking and the stuffy rooms and the business card swaps and paying all this money to be in the same room as people, that's a certain form of networking, of course, but that was slow. And that got me, maybe I would have got the job. I feel like I was about to get the offer. Um... But I had informed them that I accepted another position right after that. Um, but the quicker, faster way was through friends and through organic conversations. Okay. Let's give another example. Um, one of my other friends works for, you know, she works for a certain government agency. And my other friend needs, you know, a contact information for someone. Oh, Hey, Nina, she'll call me like, hey, Nina, can you give me so-and-so's number? I want to call her and ask her if she knows someone who I can talk to in this government agency who can help me or at least point me in the right direction, right? Not to scheme or con or bribe or get around a situation, but because part of like what being a lobbyist is, is like navigating these different bureaucratic agencies that have like so many people who are delegated so many things where like you need to know the right extension you need to know the right email address the right bureau within the department within the agency to like who literally has access to that paperwork or that folder on their desk right so a lot of what our job would be would be like calling around and getting transferred from one person to the next to the next to the next until someone could answer our question and if you've ever tried to call a government agency if you've ever gone to the dmv if you've ever like you know how annoying that is right so it's not difficult it's not whatever it's just time consuming so that's what people pay lobbying firms for a lot it's just like figuring out the right person to go to and figuring out like the highest rung on the ladder because people take their job descriptions very seriously they're like that's not in my job description, you know, they're not trying to do more work than what they're getting paid for. Like the stereotypes about government employees, not all of them are true. However, what what is true is that there are certain things that are within their power. And if they're telling you, I can't help you, you have to go to this person, like they're telling you the truth. So what you need to do is be nice and like figure out like, hey, well, like, can you can you see on your internal 
database like they have all the phone numbers and like they know the inner working organizational structure of the government agency whereas that might not be information readily available to you you might be able to google it if you look hard enough or if you search what's called the green book little hack the green book is like a database of all government employees at least in new york um but and like their email addresses and extensions and stuff and if they're not there anymore, then the person who picks up the phone can forward you the right person, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so sometimes we use our connections for that, right? To like get a shortcut. So being nice and doing networking the formal way, like calling up on the phone and just schmoozing people and like just being transferred and being transferred and being transferred, that is symbolic also of the old way of networking the old way of doing things the traditional way of doing things which is like the formal way but there's always a quicker way and the quicker way is through the power of friendships and the, through the power of people who know things so through the power of people who have that information and who are a wealth of knowledge and actually asking them about the things they know about and picking their brain not in an annoying way but in a way where it's like hey, do you know where I can look? You're not asking them for favors. You're asking them if they can point you in the right direction. And then once you get there, you're, you're able to like keep riding that momentum. So this has been a really long episode and like roundabout already, but I hope that you find this interesting, especially if you're um a law student i have to plug up my phone i'm recording this on my phone especially if you're a law student or someone who is trying to maybe get a new career in the law or something i hope you found this episode interesting but um that's like my little spiel on networking um and the power and importance of having friends just in any kind of industry and business now Getting back to where we started, this conversation was about how you might feel like, all right, well, that's great once you have friends, but how the fuck do you make friends? Well, I'm going to tell you, you, it's kind of the same thing. You make friends through having connections, through having conversations with people and just like following up, right? So for example, you know, my friends who got me the job, who brought in that client for me, they're not people who I just talk to when it's convenient for me once in a while. They're people who are my real friends, who I check in on, who check in on me. And it doesn't mean that we're always talking 24-7, but it means you keep the line of communication open. You don't ask them for favors. You just ask them how they are. So when you're DMing people, like, don't go straight in for the collab request. Don't go straight in asking them for a virtual coffee to pick their brain. Talk to them like you would talk to a friend or someone you're trying to become friends with, like, if you're sitting next to them in a classroom back in high school or college or whatever. Like, you're not just asking people for favors. That's not how you make friends. Your friends are going to do favors for you if you show up for them and if you just like are someone who has common interests and they know enough about you and what you want and the opportunities that you're looking for. And those only come through real conversations. Like my best friends that I have in the online space, 
weren't we weren't in some group coaching course together no we started a group chat and it was like I met Ashley because she joined CEO skills and she found out about me because someone else that she followed and was friendly with in New York had like mentioned me on their stories so Ashley and I became friends after she was a client because we've just like had so much in common and you just like click and hit it off right away with people and even after the program ended we just kept in touch and it was just mutually beneficial like it wasn't like a lot of my clients I keep in touch with I feel like I'm friends with them in the dms right um then I became friendly with I met Kaylee because Kaylee had posted in a Facebook group that she was giving out copy audits and at the time I was writing the sales page for CEO skills and I paid her for a copy audit and I chatted on the phone with her for like 25 minutes and we hit it off and then I asked her if she wanted to come and speak inside of CEO skills as a guest expert and that was a paid opportunity and we just hit it off. Chandler I think had found me through Kaylee because Chandler and Kaylee were friends organically through just like Arizona and they have a funny story about how they became friends um so she had followed me on Instagram and at first I didn't really know like much about her other than that she was another lawyer and like at the time there weren't many lawyers in the online space and then I found out like oh her and Kaylee are super close and then like we all just kind of started talking and organically just became very close and that's how we're friends today and like literally talk every day right so it wasn't from a like it came from honestly a position of oh some of us started out as clients or of whatever of each other but then you just have natural conversations and you find out like you know oh my best friend like you know if I'm imagining what Kaylee was thinking oh my best friend is a new lawyer starting out like online um in this space like I just met with a lawyer like last month who asked me for a copy audit like you guys should connect right that's how I imagine that conversation went down I don't know but that's what I would imagine happened um you know and same with like what with me with CEO skills like I wanted to bring in a lot of guest experts to talk in the course and so this was like three months or four months after I had paid Kaylee for that copy audit and I would like always look at her as like an expert on copy. I'd be like, you know what? I want to bring in an expert to talk about copywriting. Why don't I go to the girl that I hired all those months ago? She seems pretty cool. And so I brought her in. Um, So all of these things are just like, you know, natural organic things, just thinking, just being fucking thoughtful and thinking of people and saying like, hey, you know what? Actually, who do I know? And racking your brain. And that's what I mean to bring it all back to the original quote, like that my boss would say, like, it's a stream of consciousness. It's a way of life. It's not a thing you turn on and off. Like you're trying to connect dots, not only opportunities for yourself, because that shit shows when you're very self-serving, that shit shows. So don't only look for opportunities for yourself. Think about opportunities of how you can connect others and be a connector and be a generator and be a rainmaker for other people. And you always, always, always be valuable, right? And again, if you're the type of person who maybe you're introverted, maybe you're shy, don't worry. Don't think like, oh, I should just give up. Of course, some people are going to give up, 
and go and say fuck it's easier to just work at a desk for someone and cry at my desk or maybe you don't cry at your desk maybe you love your job that's great I loved my lobbying job up until a certain point right um but you just need to be you know like uh, just because you're introverted doesn't mean that you don't have friends like obviously there's a ton of introverted people out there who have friends like right so just maybe try to look for opportunities to be friends with someone who maybe is a little bit more outgoing who maybe does know more people and instead of being intimidated by them if that's how you're feeling I don't know maybe think like because I know I used to be intimidated by people who seem to be like more popular quote-unquote or you know whatever um or just seemed like everybody liked them and instead of being intimidated by them I would try to take a page from their book or I would at least try to link up with them and pick their brain to see if they knew somebody right so if I'm looking for um like let's say I'm looking for someone who knows someone right like if I need help with something and it's to find a person and I feel like oh I don't know anybody who can do that thing I go to my friends who I know are very extroverted like I'll say hey Craig do you know anybody who does this or I'll say hey Nicole do you know anybody who does this or my friend Bianca who I went to law school with who she knows like she keeps up pretty much with like what everybody's doing from law school I don't really I'll be like hey Bianca do we know any lawyers who handle this and you know they they're happy to help with that because it's not a self-serving thing it's like we're all just trying to help each other find opportunities and that's how you make friends and also how you reap the rewards of networking it's one in the same and you know just one final note about lobbying like that's also how it worked in lobbying like I know a lot of lobbyists get bad reps because people think oh like you know whatever like baked tobacco or shit like that from like the movie thank you for smoking or they just think like oh the lobbyists like blah 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 no don't blame the lobbyists blame the big industries that are pumping a lot of money into like overshadowing other people's needs by paying off politicians like that system's different but a lot of what lobbying is like i said was just making connections with people and just like trying to navigate different government bureaus so for example if we worked in new york city and real estate the department of buildings is a hot fucking mess and the people that work there some of them are friendly but some of them are just like whatever they know you know they're feeling underpaid they're feeling overworked they're feeling like eh, whatever you know and so you gotta just like know who to ask so that you're not like annoying the person who can't help you right like you want to not call at 4 45 p.m on a friday or 9 a.m on a monday like you want to like be cognizant of like their schedule right so you're like trying to just like be cognizant of the fact that there's a person on the other line and asking them like okay you can't help me like do you know who might be able to this is my problem do you have five minutes like this is what i'm dealing with do you know anyone that might help And that's half of lobbying. And the other half of lobbying, yeah, is that sexy side of it where it's like, oh, we're going to go to this networking event. We're going to go to the steak dinner. You want to know why? 
because maybe the head of the Department of Buildings would be there or someone who's higher up who then we can email them and they can put us into contact with the right person who works under them so that we can save ourselves like fucking four weeks of missed calls and voicemails, right? Not so that we can bribe them and have them do shit for us at the wave of a finger. No, because if their email, if the email making the request is coming from the boss or someone higher up, like we're going to get to where we need to go faster. So that's the point of networking in like the traditional sense as well. Um, just like, again, just always thinking of things as opportunities, always doing research about who's going to be there. Are they, are their values aligned with what I need? Is what their area of expertise aligned with what I need? If I do have the chance to talk to them, what am I going to say to them? I wonder what their interests are. Do we have any common grounds so that I can have a true and meaningful connection with them? And then if I need to follow up and if I ever need a favor, I could at least have that solid connection with them. That's how you approach it in my, I guess, amateur expertise, right? Last but not least, last little tip um, is that, like, if you do ever... The business cards are not dead. I'm sorry. People, when they say, like, the business card is dead, you just need, like, your Instagram profile or your website. Like, no. I use business cards all the time. People ask me for business cards all the time. You're not going to meet everybody who's just going to whip out their Instagram. No. A lot of people who really need your help and have a lot of money to pay are just going to be people you know in your life if you use this networking thing that I'm telling you about, Right? Like my friend who's like 76 years old or some shit at yoga, he's always asking me for my email address and my business card because if anyone ever needs a lawyer, he's always like trying to connect them with me via email. He's not going to use my Instagram, right? But he's going to bring in business, okay? So I'm going to do what I can and give him a business card, right? Anyway, one thing that I would do is I would ask for the business card of whoever I met at the end of the conversation and during the conversation, I would like try to rem- like try to find something common ground with them. Like, oh wow, like you also, you know, I love your paisley scarf. It's so nice to see someone, another lawyer at this type of function wearing funky patterns. It means so much to me to see another female really expressing themselves and not blah blah blah. Like that's a real conversation I've had with someone. Okay, and she handed me her business card, and it had like. A dream catcher on it because she was an attorney for the EPA that represented like Native American interests and rights. Like she was like a negotiator on behalf of the federal government for the Native Americans and she was like a native herself, right? So cool. And I would have never learned that if I didn't like compliment her on her like funky style, right? And she was actually the first person I met at the EPA. And sure enough, months later when I got the job at the EPA I would see her in the elevator and she'd be like hey how are you right just a friendly face right so what I would do is I would get the business cards and I would write something on the back of them about something that we had in common or like something we talked about and then I would immediately email them the next day and say hey it was so nice to meet you it was really nice talking to you about xyz whatever I wrote on the business card that worked why because it's not yes it's a it's a tactic it's a strategy obviously but it also was human it humanized people instead of just looking to people as a means to an end it looked to people as like hey this is a cool connection let's let's explore this and see where this might further take us so i hope that's how you think of people that you dm with 
your Instagram is your business card. Your DM is that initial chance you get to talk to them. So don't blow it. You only get one chance at a first impression. So don't just go off the bat asking for a favor. Go into it looking for like a conversation and just for the sake of making a connection. This episode has been so long and I keep saying like one more thing, one more thing. But obviously I have so much to say about this. Like this is networking i would i would be in such a different place in my life if i didn't look at networking the way i do right and um even like when i first started my business networking quote unquote gave me this idea because i quit my job to travel and i was staying in hostels where other digital nomads were working and i would ask them like what they did and they would tell me about like how they were freelance blog writers and their client didn't pay blah 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 and i would ask them questions and then i would get the idea to write contracts for them so even my business idea even my business to this day came from people in my network that i was just friends with organically asking you know after a while we found a mutual opportunity but fuck i had one more thing i wanted to say oh yeah the last thing i wanted to say is like yeah look for the long-term relationship don't look for like what can i get from them now look at like I want to be connected with this person because you want to be connected with the person like what a lot of people who I look up to say is like at a certain point you invest in people you don't invest in businesses and so look at your connections and the people you're trying to be friends with as like investing in the people maybe part of the reason you might feel isolated is because maybe you're only getting messages from people who are just asking you for shit and so you're just like so turned off by it but like are you going out of your way to message people to start legitimate long-term relationships right like even in Sailita where I am now I there was someone who I like met last year who I was just like they seem very interesting like I don't know there's something about them that just like looks really interesting we had like a conversation and I was like, hmm, I, I really want to talk to that person again. Like they just seem like a good person to know. And then like little by little, you just like start to learn more about them. You don't like, like use them for something, right? Because if I would have used that person for something and had an ask right away, the relationship probably would have only lasted like, you know, three months or something back then instead of being a long-term, mutually beneficial, genuine, interested thing. Like, I just want this person in my life because they seem like a good person to be around kind of thing. So that's the last note I'm going to leave you on when it comes to networking. Like, try to genuinely get to know people because they seem like a good person to be one of those five people you surround yourself with um to get to your goals so that's it that was a lot of talking i need to to like drink water and just put this conversation to rest for a minute but i hope that this episode was insightful if you liked hearing about some of these more traditional methods as well um and topics then let me know you can dm me and yeah hope that you find your friends um as always just you know be yourself and if you are looking for an opportunity to make friends like in real life excuse me my friend Chandler puts on these retreats called the feminine fierce retreats I went to one and I had the privilege of co-hosting one with her last year or last year a couple months ago in August and the connections that were made there were 
legitimate. No one was there to look at like, oh, who can buy from me or whatever. But we all walked away making money off of the retreat because we genuinely made connections with people and then found out, oh, you do that? Oh, I might come to you later because I need help with that. So it was a really great return on our investment for most of us. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but for most of us, from what I understand, and Chandler is hosting another one in Palm Springs in February. So it should be really fun. It's the topics are all covered um, about team building. So if like building an agency or building a team or learning to delegate or be a leader is a topic that you want to learn about, not only will you get the chance to network, but you will also get the chance to really implement and learn and like really dive deep into these topics over that week. So if you are looking to join, just let me know. I will send you the link. Um, I do earn a small commission as a former co-host, but um, I genuinely support these types of business retreats in general. You know, as someone who travels a lot, like I, like I'm used to traveling on the cheap, of course. So like, I understand that there are like, one of the objections that like, let's say like my ex-boyfriend used to say is like, why would you ever go on a retreat when like you could travel for cheaper, blah, blah, blah. But that's not what you're paying for when you go to a business retreat. Yeah, if you're going to go on a surf retreat, if you're going to go on a yoga retreat, yeah, of course, sometimes you can find that same vacation for a third of the price or something. But like, that's not what you're paying for. You're paying for the opportunity to make the connections, to be part of the community. And in this situation, actually get the tangible advice that you'll save yourself fucking six months of time that you would spend in a mastermind or something by getting this information and implementing it with the people right there face to face with you, which is such a different type of connection than online um, over the course of a week. You know, you're living in the same room in the same house as people. Um, you're getting that in a week. So if you're looking to join um, a, an experience like that, please let me know, DM me, and um, I can definitely link you guys up and be the connector. So um, there's a little prime example of networking for you there. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode and listening. If you got this far, I will see you in the next one and yeah, be well.